The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The FBI now offering $20,000 reward for a teen girl that seemingly disappears. And another question, was there an image of her, a photo found inadvertently of her bound and gagged in the back of a vehicle? Is that Tara Calico? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. How did it all start? Listen. My name is Michelle Dole. I am Tara Calico's sister, and I've been searching for her since September 20th, 1988. We lived in a town called Belen, New Mexico. It's a small town. You never were concerned about your neighbors or letting your kids go out and play. Tara was a very active person. She had been her entire life. From the time she was little, she was in peewee cheerleading. She did softball. She was part of the ski club. She loved playing tennis. Tara is a sophomore at the University of New Mexico and enjoys riding her bike on the same route almost every day. She would ride 17 miles out and 17 miles back. It was a very isolated area and it was very serene. It was time to herself. But on the morning of September 20th, 1988, something goes wrong. She told her mom that she was gonna go out for her normal bike ride and that she'd be back because she was gonna go play tennis with her boyfriend. But she never made it back. What happened to Tara Calico? She did not just disappear into thin air. Again, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You were just hearing her sister, Michelle Dole, with our friends at ID. Let me introduce you an all-star panel. Joining me, the former Montour County District Attorney, former president of the Pennsylvania District Attorneys Association, 
Bob Buner, Dr. Jory Crosen, psychologist, faculty, St. Leo University, consultant and author of SOS Stop Officer Suicide, Dr. Tim Gallagher, the medical examiner for the entire state of Florida. You can find him at pathcaremed.com. Not only that, lecturer, University of Florida Medical School Forensic Science, and founder and host of the International Forensic Medicine Death Investigation Conference. Cheryl McCollum, founder and director of the Cold Case Research Institute forensic expert, and you can find her at coldcasecrimes.org. But first, to Melinda Esquibel, podcaster, filmmaker, you can find her at terracalico.com. She's the creator of Vanished, the Tara Calico investigation. To all of you, thank you for being with us. Melinda Esquibel, what do we know about Tara Calico as a person other than she would take a 17-mile bike ride and she used the same route every day, which I advise strongly against in a new book, Don't Be a Victim. You got to change up your route, be it walking, jogging, biking. You have to. Tell me what we know about her as a person. Well, um, it was more like a... Um 34-mile bike ride. and um, Yeah, I guess so. 17 <laughs> out and 17 back. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So she was uh, previously in an accident, and she had, um, you know, been in physical therapy, and that was kind of the beginning of this physical fitness craze that she adopted. And, you know, she was very conscious of her body. She was an exercise fanatic. And, you know, after she would go bike riding, then she would go running or then she would go play tennis. So she was very physically fit, very active. She was she worked um, at the bank. She went to school full time. So she was a very structured young lady. Always had her time scheduled out ahead of time. Very sweet girl, too. Very sweet. A good friend. Um, everybody loved her. Everyone thought she was so beautiful and, you know, very popular. And Melinda, you were a friend of Tara's, correct? Correct. Yes. We got to know each other when I was in junior high in marching band. She was also in the marching band. And uh, we that's how we originally knew each other. And we got closer on a specific trip that we went to compete in Arizona. What instrument did she play? I played the clarinet, and at that time, she was a flag girl. But then she went on to play the flute, and then she went into the trombone section later. So she had moved around. But when we met, she was a flag girl. So very talented. What type of accident was she in? Um, she had uh, gone to either, it was either homecoming or prom. I don't remember which one. But she, uh, her date had been drinking. And there was an accident and she was injured. You know, Cheryl McCollum, I'm hearing, I'm really drinking from the fire hydrant right now, um, hearing Melinda Escobel speaking because there's so much information, it's hard to take it all in at once. So this is a, a young girl, just 19 years old when she goes missing, who was devoted to physical activity number one, but to her job, she had a schedule she always followed, and to a fault, when, when you take the same route, and this is not about victim shaming or blaming the victim, this is about predators out there that see a young, beautiful girl taking the same 34-mile bike ride every day. 
that's a danger, but I'm hearing she worked at a bank. She was in school. That really widens the, the pool of suspects. Oh, it definitely does. So again, the route she took, it looks like she took one because it was less traveled by automobiles and it was like a straight shot out to these railroad tracks and that's where she would turn around and come back. Um, so she probably took it because she thought it was safer from vehicles. But again, Pause, Cheryl McCollum, right there, right there. Railroad tracks. Now, hold on just a moment, Cheryl McCollum. Okay. I remember running in upstate New York. It wasn't at near my apartment where I lived in Manhattan. And I was running. And I ran and I ran and I ran. And then suddenly something came over me. I was running alongside train tracks in the middle of nowhere and I went wow this is everything I tell everybody else not to do I just got a horrible feeling and I turned around and went back so when you say a safer route I don't know if hanging out down by the train tracks is really a safe area Cheryl well let me be clear I didn't mean safer as far as somebody that might kidnap her I meant safer in her mind from traffic where yes. she might have okay. an accident and get hit. Yes, that I see. I understand that. So what was her job at the bank, Melinda Escobel? She worked, uh, they had uh, a basement in there where they were counting me. I know she would deliver money to the different branches. I think she had like several jobs over there, um, but I, they had, you know, she would get promoted or whatever. Um, so I think she like started count in doing some kind of counting in the basement. And then they moved her to delivering cash to the different branches. So there was interaction with other people at like at least two or three different branches within the Valencia County area. So there you go. Right there, Bob Buner joining me. He knows his way around a courtroom. Former Montour County District Attorney. Um, Bob, she is exposed to so many different people, so many different men, because you know whoever took her is a man. Sorry, guys, on the panel. But that's it, it, like looking for a needle in a haystack. Well, I'm not so sure it is, Nancy, because Berlin, New Mexico, is a very small town, mm-hmm. and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It would uh, The last uh, census population had it, Berlin at about 7,000 people. Oh, gosh, you're totally right. So You're totally and completely right. Go ahead. So when you – this is a place where there's one high school that everybody in the community attends, either as a student or a family member, and whether it's cheering the high school football team. This is a community that's pretty well isolated in New Mexico itself, which, as we know, is a pretty – outside of a couple of cities, very sparsely populated. So – the group of people that she interacts with, whether in the bank or passing her on this roadway where she rides her bike, is quite a small number. You know, you're absolutely right. And typically, that's one of my very first questions, tell me about the area. But you're right. That is a very low population. And even though she's traveling from bank to bank as part of her job, that's still a very minor suspect pool. Cheryl, jump in. It's a very you know small suspect pool. Again, Nancy, the route she took, you know, is pretty off the beaten path. But so is her town. So this is not somewhere where people travel through. 
from like one big city to another big city, it's kind of off by itself. It's beautiful, but there's a lot of desert. There's a lot of open space, but you know, it's not like she's going to meet a whole lot of people outside that very tight knit community. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about the disappearance of Tara Calico, a teen girl just 19 years old who goes missing. Uh, and Melinda, doesn't she go missing on the bike ride? Yeah, she does. She went missing approximately between 1130 and 1140. I've done a lot of data sets. So we've, um, I've ridden her, her, I rode her bike route on my bike to get an idea of what it was like, like several times. Um, we have 14 witnesses along the route who saw her. And these include people who came forward back then and made witness statements. And then people who have heard my podcast and contacted me. So we have identified 14 people who saw her on the road. Guys, take a listen to our friend Colton Schoen at KOB TV4. The last photo taken of her the day before she went missing. In these never-before-seen documents from the case file, Michelle shows us a timeline of Tara's day on September 20th, 1988. At 9.30 a.m., she left for her ride. She was last seen by a woman named Annie between 11.15 a.m. and noon. Her Boston cassette tape was found near mile marker 16. And I just thought, you know, she was coming back. Like, there was no doubt in my mind. Like, we just hadn't figured out where she was yet. Determined, Michelle and Tara's high school friend, Melinda Esquivel, are seeking justice for Tara. She was very fun loving. She liked to laugh. Conducting their own investigation, going through hundreds of uncovered documents themselves. I think we have a general understanding of what happened. I just think some of the details are missing. Just a few of the details that we would like to, to learn. Uh, back to you, Melinda Escabel. Was her bike recovered? Um, so that's interesting. The bike has been seen in many different places. We had to do a separate link chart for the bike. Um, 
I understand that it was uh, originally found in Mountaineer by uh, the Torrance County Sheriff's Department. It was transferred to Valencia County and went missing from evidence. And then somehow it made its way back into Valencia County and then went missing again. So this is the bike that has been everywhere and nowhere. So right now the bike is not in an evidence locker somewhere? No, it's, it's gone missing again. Why in the world would anybody get rid of a piece of evidence that valuable? And if that is, in fact, her bike, where did you say it was first found? And how far away was that from her bike route? So it was found uh, between Mountaineer, uh, right outside of Mountaineer, um, which is a little over 60 miles from Belen. And there were also pieces of clothing found, um, like a bra, underwear, and a shoe. Was that taken into property? That was taken in by Torrance County Sheriff's Department. And what I was told is that there was paperwork and that evidence was transferred to Valencia County, but that paperwork is nowhere to be found. And neither is the evidence? Correct. The bra, panties, and shoe are missing as well. Guys, take a listen to our cut aid, our friends at ID. Tara leaves at 9.30 a.m. Tara actually did tell my mom that morning that if I'm not back by noon, come looking for me. It was kind of just like checking in and letting you know this is what I'm doing today. See you later. I believe it was about 12.05. My mother realized that she hadn't been back yet. She jumped in her vehicle and went to go look for Tara. Expected to find her walking on the side of the road with her bike. She drove all the way out as far as the 14 miles goes to the train tracks where she would turn around and come back and didn't find her. She thought, well, maybe I just missed her. You know, there wasn't the same technology that there is nowadays. There wasn't cell phones. There wasn't even pagers. It's not like Tara to do something different than what she said she's going to do. Panicked, Tara's mom calls Tara's boyfriend and police. This wasn't a town where there was crime. Something had to have happened. Something did happen to Tara Calico. Melinda Escobel joining us. The creator and star of Vanish, the Tara Calico investigation. And you can find her at Melinda Escobel. Melinda, when she was last spotted, was she on her way back home or was she still on her way away from home? She was on her way back home. She was about a mile and a half from the house and she was last seen cresting a hill by the vineyard. And that's that's where they saw her last. You know, the these four hunters um, who were riding into town, that's, they looked, they had pulled over to the side of the road to um, unload their muzzle-loading guns, and they had actually passed Tara on the way uh, previously, and they had tried to pull into a place to unload the guns, but there was a truck there staring at something ahead. They didn't know what it was, so they he was kind of blocking the entrance, so they uh, pulled out. Instead of stopping there, pulled out and went down further to unload their guns, and they unloaded their guns, and when they pulled back out, the driver looked back and saw Tara cresting the hill. Are you telling me that there was a truck there that was pulled over watching Tara? Yes. An old mid-50s truck um, with uh, two men in it, and they were staring directly ahead. And when they passed Tara, the guys thought, oh, that's probably what they were staring at. Maybe that's their daughter. Were they ever identified, the, dr- the, the people in the truck? Um, so, yes, there was a witness who mm-hmm. identified one of the drivers. Um, Mm -hmm. back in 1988. 
Um, and we have witness statements that put um, four other boys on that road. And they've been identified, correct? Yes. To Dr. Tim Gallagher, medical examiner, joining us out of Florida, if the bike had been processed correctly to determine if, in fact, it was Tara's bike, what would you have expected to find on the bike? Well, certainly, you know, you would have to, to inspect the bike for DNA evidence. You would have to look on the handlebars because that's obviously where her hands would be, and then her DNA from her skin on her hands would transfer to the handlebars. Um, you could also look for other uh, populations of DNA or someone else's DNA on the bike as well, and hopefully that can help you develop a list of suspects or at least eliminate somebody from your suspects. Take a listen to more from our friends at ID. He said he saw somebody run from the front of the truck into the passenger side and jump in. And that's when he saw Tara on her bike and had the earphones on. And... Um, she hadn't even, wasn't even aware of the truck behind her. It didn't seem. Over the next five days, a vast search started happening. Throughout day and night, search of horseback, on foot, with dogs. We took boats out on the Rio Grande River, which is nearby. We contacted Albuquerque Resources and got ROTC students out there to help us search on foot. In the days following her disappearance, the Sheriff's Department releases a sketch of the driver, but it generates no leads. Tara's family is desperate. Tara became like a myth, like, don't go out there or, you know, same thing will happen to you that happened to Tara Calico. And also take a listen to our cut 10 from The Missing at ID. Two and a half miles south of Rio Communities are some tire tracks that look spun out on the side of the road. It looked like there was a scuffle, um, but you could clearly see the bike marks and the tire marks from the vehicle. There's a broken piece of a yellow Walkman, which she was reported to have had a Walkman when she went on her bike ride. To find the exact cassette player that she had, it was bright yellow, it was very distinctive. It felt like Tara was smart enough to leave a trail of things. The search also turns up a cassette tape. The tape itself was also found along Highway 47 within three miles of Rio communities. Tara's mom stated that it belonged to her daughter. Multiple witnesses come forward, all describing a similar scene. They'd seen a girl riding her bike and a Ford pickup truck trailing behind. If there's a car running half on the road, half off, 10 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone in a remote location, and it's being reported sometimes it's 20 feet directly behind, it certainly shows an indication that whoever was operating that Ford pickup truck was intent on the young lady riding that bicycle. And it really had to be someone with a truck or a van to get the bike in it quickly and efficiently before they're spotted right there on the road. Cheryl McCollum, there are tire tracks, there are bike tracks, there are bits of broken uh, yellow plastic that match her recording device, her tape player. That's the crime scene. No question. And this is a young woman, again, that would ride 34 miles on a bike you know, and then go play tennis. So she would have been able to fight her assailant. Nancy, I would want to know, was there any injury to that bike? In other words, did they bump her off the road? Is that how they got her stopped? To you, Melinda Escabel, do you feel confident that the bike that was found is in fact Tara's? I do. And um, I'm going to tell you uh, to answer her question, um, a bike after, you know, like a couple of years later was found um, on a property. Um, there was this guy who lived on a large property 
and um, a guy came to his house asking if he had any scrap metal. And he said, well, go into the yard, and if you find anything, you can have it. So this guy goes into the yard, and he finds a pink bike buried on the property, and he asked the guy if he could dig it up and take it. And the guy says, yeah, go ahead. Um, they dig it up. It was a pink bike, and it looked like it had been hit. And so the guy took it. Um, this guy hadn't been in Valencia County for a while, so he had no idea about Tara. He called his brother, who was the property owner, and said, hey, you know, this is what happened. And they found a pink bike on the property that looked like it had been in an accident. And his brother said, a pink bike, that's what the, tar that's what the Calico girl was riding. And so they immediately went to poli the police to report it, but they could no longer find where the guy, so the bike kind of disappeared. I thought you told me it was taken into police property, then transferred, then lost. Right. It was lost, and then it, it was found on a property in Vigita, the Vigita area, and then picked up and taken out. And I guess somewhere over the years it was found again and brought into custody and disappeared from custody again. To Dr. Jory Cross, I don't know that the, the can't unravel the mystery surrounding the pink bike, but let me talk to you, Dr. Jory, about when people are exercising, especially with earbuds or a headset on, or they're listening to music, they're really in a zone. They're not really aware of what's going on around them. I just confronted this with Karina Vetrano, a gorgeous and brilliant young woman who was jogging with earbuds in uh, in Long Island. Her father, Phil, former firefighter, um, confirms that she did have earbuds in the day that she was attacked and murdered. So you're in a zone. You're not thinking that any, any harm can befall you. You know, that's part of the enjoyment runners have is getting in that zone especially long distance runners you know in a 17 mile bike ride out and 17 mile back you're definitely going to develop a you know uh, getting in that zone you're just going to get into the flow of things it's called and you're going to be oblivious to anything going on plus with the ear pods that's you know that that cuts down a lot of the auditorial coming in, especially a car coming up behind you or somebody you know hollering at you or talking to you, trying to get your attention. And what does it tell us about the perp that was so brazen they would actually kidnap her off a public road? You know, one of the things I noticed was, and, and this goes for predators and stalkers. You know, they really like routine because you know they can they can stalk, they can hunt, they can predict you know the behavior and then they can you know look for the vulnerabilities of when to attack and that's all part of their psychic buildup and knowing that she's on that ride out and that distance you know the vulnerability is just you know it's right there for them. hey this is christina quinn I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. 
Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zinn nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zinn pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zinn fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zinn pouch in is you. Zinn is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience. Which means Zinn pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we were talking about the disappearance of Tara Calico. Jump in, Cheryl McCollum. I think a significant thing is that the assailant took the bike with him. In other words, she was the target. She's what he wanted. He took that bike to ensure they wouldn't know a place to start looking for her. He wasn't counting on the tire tracks, but again, he didn't want them to know that it was a hit and run right here. So he exactly. did, he did everything um, that would benefit him, and he took the extra time to do that. Man, he really did. He must have disabled her completely when she was hit and bumped off the road because she couldn't run for it. The bike, which suffered damage, was taken right. away at the same time. And then yep. a very unexpected twist in the case. Take a listen to our cut five from ID. On June 15, 1989, a Polaroid was found face down in a convenience store at Port St. Joe, Florida. A lady coming out of the store who was doing business there, she noticed it, picked it up out of curiosity. Current affairs airs a photograph of a lady and a young man tied up, mouths are duct taped in the back of a van. I have pictures that look identical. I would, if I had to say yes or no, I would say yes. Yeah. Right now, we're just trying to uh, disseminate this picture in hopes that somebody can identify these two children. FBI comes down and then becomes the lead investigative agency for this and a large-scale media frenzy, America's Most Wanted, Oprah Winfrey Show, and we get flooded with a ton of tips, a ton of information from all over the United States. And that's right. All the way across the country at Port St. Joe, Florida, a lady is coming out of a store and notices a photo on the ground, picks it up, is there a horrifying image of Tara Calico bound and her mouth duct taped in the back of a van? Melinda Escobel joining me, the creator of Vanish, the Tara Calico investigation. What does the photo depict? The photo depicts a young uh, teenage girl and young boy bound and gagged in the back of a Toyota cargo van. You've looked at it, I'm sure. She's wearing a gray T-shirt and black running shorts. The little boy has on a white T-shirt. Do you remember, Tara, having anything like that outfit? Um, no, I don't. And I, to be frank with you, I don't believe it's her. Is this photo Tara Calico? And if so, who's the little boy also pictured bound and duct taped at the mouth in the back of the van? I mean, Bob Buner 
this is a type of photo that's very incriminating. And how did it get all the way to Port St. Joe, Florida, if this is her? If it's her, then you've got some um, person who is abducting people across the country. And it incredibly widens the list of suspects to thousands and thousands of, of men frankly. And it also to Dr. Jory Crosin, uh, faculty St. Leo University. Dr. Jory, this adds another layer to the psychopathy of the perp because you now have a guy that's not just grabbing her to rape her. There's also obviously a murder, but he's taking photos of her. I, I remember when that photo was found because Port St. Joe's like 20 miles from where I live. And uh, yeah, that's that was really scary because then you're starting to think, well, who's the boy now? You know, is he? I remember looking locally. You know, all the law enforcement were involved trying to find the uh, the boy. Where was he missing from? So yeah, it widens the the whole birth of your investigation. So is this photo that's very disturbing photo of a, a girl who resembles Tara and a young boy? bound and gagged in the back of the van. Is this really Tara? Take a listen to Nancy Laughlin, K-O-A-T-7. At one point a year after her disappearance, a photo of a little boy and a young woman who looked like Tara, both bound and duct taped, was found in the parking lot of a store in Florida. We examined it and scientifically looked at it. We felt pre pretty confident saying that we don't think that's Tara Calico. In recent years, huge rewards were offered for information about Tara's case. Cold case detectives from multiple agencies have even taken bulldozers and cadaver dogs out to areas where they believe Tara might have been buried. They go out and check an area out and, and see if there's a, any kind of hit with the dog, and we have not had any results. 30 years later, she is not forgotten. Her case still generating national attention. In June, an article about Tara's disappearance was featured in People magazine. Every little piece can make a difference. To Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, we recently investigated a case of a woman out of Alaska who found a SIM card at a store, outside a store on the sidewalk, as I recall. She picked up the SIM card to figure out who it belonged to to return it. She plugged it in, and it was of a woman being assaulted and murdered and she takes to the cops and they manage believe it or not to identify what happened based on the background in the hotel room where the woman was attacked i've also had a case like that built around a, a little girl who was assaulted horribly and she, she was ultimately identified based on the background and the, the bedspread and the wallpaper in a hotel room. So how much can we learn from this van photo? You can learn a ton. Looking at the sheets and the comforter, somebody might recognize that combination. It's really unusual. You can see the female victim's legs really well. So you can see that there are no tattoos. There's no bruising. There's no cuts. Um, she's not bound by her ankles and in the little boy's face, he's also on the bed laying down, but he almost looks like he's in more fear. Whereas the female to me looks like she 
has an understanding of what's happening, if that makes sense. Now, it's my understanding that Tara's mother believes that is Tara Correct. based on a scar on her leg similar to one of Tara's. Correct. She does. And it does look like her a lot. Um, I don't think you could see that photograph and, and not want at least somehow you know, determine for sure if that's her. And I know the FBI, as well as Scotland Yard, has worked on the photograph. And what do they think, Cheryl? The FBI says it's not her, and Scotland Yard believes that it is. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dr. Tim Gallagher, if you can identify a body based on bones and teeth alone, and here we've got a photo of a girl, and Scotland Yard disagrees with the FBI. I mean, well, right. So the identification via the photograph, you know, is uh, not an exact science as determined by two places disagree. You know, so and it d- depends on the education and the experience of the person analyzing the photographs. Um, you know, but there are parts of this case that could use further investigation. For instance, when the bicycle was discovered and it was damaged, you know, where was the damage? Was the damage on the back part of the bike uh, indicating it was struck from behind? Or is the damage on the front part of the bike indicating it may have been run off the road and hit a tree? You know, so um, uh, could evidence from the bike, for instance, paint chips uh, from the bike, that can go under forensic analysis. And you can actually determine the make and model of the vehicle that struck that bicycle based just on the paint chips. You know, so, um, you know, that loss of evidence is very detrimental in this case, obviously, but you know, more so than we would initially have thought. And Bob Buner, former Montour County District Attorney, it happens all the time. I remember prosecuting in inner city Atlanta, all, all felonies. The district attorney called me down to his office 
and I didn't know what it was about. He wanted me to retry a case that had been tried when I was a first-year law student. And I, of course, took it. It had gone all the way up to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and been sent back down. You know why? Because there were interlocking statements by two co-defendants, and they brought the statements in, So, which is a big, big no-no. Um, long story short, I went to the evidence locker. Guess what I had? I had one X-ray, and I had a hat that said, kiss my bass. That's all the evidence that was left. Nobody had tampered with it. Nobody stole anything. The evidence, the property room had moved a couple of times since this case was tried the first time. And it got lost. And it was never found. I had to completely rebuild the case. So we're coming down. And, and yes, it's wrong. Of course it's wrong. But property's lost every day. The issue is, was it properly processed before it was lost. And were photographs taken of the bicycle when it was first found and delivered to police custody? What detail of the photographs is av uh, photographs are available and, and can be analyzed? Um, yes. And, you know, Nancy, when you go to court, you present the evidence. It gets turned over to the court reporter. Hopefully she doesn't lose it and give it back to the police or it ends up in the prosecutor's office and they forget it's to send it back to the evidence room in the police department. There's a whole lot of chain of custody that can get and does get interrupted. To Melinda Escobel joining us, the creator of Vanish, the Tara Calico investigation. What about the guys in the truck? Okay. Um, so uh, several of uh, the guys were young guys that uh, we all knew from school. Um, one of them was in love with her and had asked her out on a date and she um, had declined that invitation. And I, from what I understand, was emotional about it and, you know, was not okay with it and wanted to teach her a lesson. He was one of the people in the truck. Mm -hmm. And so they were following her and taunting her throughout her ride. They were taunting her on the way out, and they waited for her to come back around, and they were taunting her on the way back. And um, from an ex-girlfriend that came forward, what we were told is that they had, um, they were catcalling her at one point, inviting her to a party, um, you know, just tormenting her. And she did have the music in her, but I do believe that she could have heard them. Um, because there are different witnesses that say they saw her face stressed on the way going out, not necessarily on the way back, but on the way going out, her face looked already stressed. And, um, and then they, you know, she was last seen on the hill and we believe she was hit after that. And she took off running to the left because there was a fence on the right. And that is where they, um, they got her that, you know, she ran, they caught up with her Two uh, were in the truck following to catch up with her uh, one on foot. They caught her and then two other boys showed up and that's where they raped her and um, made a comment, something to the effect of, if you don't want to be with him, you can be with all of us. And um, she got up and she was fighting for her life and said that she was going to tell the police. And that's when they took her back down 
and one of the boys stabbed uh, pretty much to death. And then that's when other people got involved. So they started moving her in the body. Melinda, if you know all of this, then what is the district attorney waiting on? Exactly. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I, what I can tell you is the investigation has been really busy since last fall. Um, they've been aggressively questioning people um, uh, because I've been contacted by those people and asked if they should talk to the FBI or the sheriff's office. And so I, and then they call me to tell me what happened after. So I know they're aggressively interviewing people. They've threatened one of my sources. And um, to be honest, it feels like it's not going in a direction it should be, but I guess we'll just have to wait. If you have any information on the disappearance of Tara Calico, let me remind you, there is a $20,000 reward, $20,000 for information on her disappearance. Please dial this number, 1-800-843-5678, 1-800-THE-LOST, 1-800-843-5678. We pray that justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.